0: hello my friends welcome my name is joe this is the joe martino show and today we're going to finish our three-part series on mindset talking about thankfulness and gratefulness it's thanksgiving week let's kick it off this is the joe martino show you're listening to the joe martino show a podcast dealing with all things emotional relational and human nature joe is a licensed counselor in the state of michigan specializing in relationship therapy He is also the author of the book, The Emotionally Secure Couple. All advice offered in this episode is offered for entertainment and educational purposes only. Enjoy the show. Okay, let's kick this off. We're gonna talk about thankfulness. Say we're in the we're actually at the end. I almost said we're in the middle. We're at the end of a three-part series. This is the final installment. The first one was dealing with our mindset. What do we do when things are good? What do we do when things are bad? How do we catalog our thoughts? How do we catalog our emotions? What's going on in our head? So what's happening? What's our brain telling us about it? What are the things that we're doing that are moving us forward? And how do we keep track of that? Uh, and then the middle one was, what do we do if we're the negative person, right? There, there are people, I was thinking about this today, I was scrolling through Facebook, and I've told you how I handle Facebook. I tend to just unfollow people who are, uh, who are just constantly, you know, baiting the waters, so to speak, looking for war. And I've even left some groups, like there was this one group that I was in, which was really about, supposed to be about being Italian, having Italian heritage. And the people in it were just mean to each other over stupid stuff, like gravy versus sauce, or Parmesan cheese, and and all these things. I was just like, I don't need, like, I don't need to watch people fight to be entertained. So I just, I just leave the group, right? If it's a person that I know, I tend to unfollow them. Uh, e- even if they're telling a story that I agree with, but they're doing it in a, in a bad way. Uh, this, this morning on my way into work, uh, my wife and I ride in together, and we were talking about people we know that, that do things that the story they tell we actually agree with. But we disagree with how they do it because they tend to be very passive-aggressive. Hmm, I'm not sure I remember where this is in the Constitution, in the Bible. You pick it, they say it. Uh, and, and how can you be a good person and vote for, how can you be, right? And, 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 and we tend to, to want to universalize things and they tell a story in a way and I just don't follow them. I just don't have time for it. Um, one of the things I was just talking to somebody about the other day was at some level, I find Facebook amusing and entertaining, but at another level, I've got to consider what it does to my soul, if you will, what it does to me. And so I I can just undo it. I can just scroll by. I don't post about certain topics. Very rarely will you see me post about political topics. Very rarely will you see me post about COVID-19 unless it's somehow connected to the mental health field. And part of that is because I have a Belief about what my Facebook, my what my social media should be used for, and, and so I have some filters there. And so that middle mind, that middle episode, last week's episode was, what do we do if we're the negative person? What do we do if we realize we have friends that are negative people? I got a ton of emails about like, hey, I think I need a new best friend. Hey, my husband. Hey, my wife. And and it was amazing to me how I was having conversations with people who were like, man, I just called my best friend and it was awful. Uh, I just called this person that I've known since third grade, and I don't know that I ever want to talk to her again. Um, hey, I just called my brother. This was a sad one. I just called my... Like, these are people I'm running into, and I'm not sure how to do it. And I think in part, it's because phone calls are on the uptick, because we are more isolated. Uh, we are more uh, um, under stress, I think in 2020 would be a fair word, because... Of, of all the lockdowns, because of all the quarantines, because of the, what feels like a constant threat of a disease. Just heard a story about how a guy who looks up to another guy was chastised for wearing a mask um, at church. And uh, it's funny because that same guy saw me with a mask and he didn't chastise me. I don't, I don't know why. Um, I, I would have loved to have had that conversation with him. Uh, But, but, you know, and, and so there's stress there and there's this negativity. What do we do when we figure out that people in our lives are the negative people, which does come to a, a, a point that I want to make. And that is, or not a point, I guess just something I want you to be aware of. And that is that I was recently asked, how do I teach my children to identify toxic people? One of the things that I hope my kids learn is that they should just cut toxic people out of their lives some people look blatantly toxic. Like you don't have to talk to them long and you're like, oh, this is a toxic person that I should avoid. But there are a lot of toxic people that are popular and that they don't look toxic at first or for a while. And if you were to call them toxic, people might look at you and be like, nah, I don't know. I have a friend who I believe listens to this podcast, I know his wife does. Um, and I've literally told him that a guy we know, I'm like, dude, that dude is spiritually abusive. He's not a good guy. And my friend's like, I just don't agree with you. Okay, you're wrong, but that's okay. See what I did there? Uh, that was a little bit of humor, people. Relax. I don't want to get emails about, Joe, you could be wrong, because I know I could be wrong. I'm not on this one, though. And, and the thing is, is the guy, he, he talks a good game but I meet his victims in the room, and I realize my friend doesn't because he's not a counselor. So what do we do? How do we identify toxic people? That's going to be an episode that's coming up, but I've been getting a lot of feedback about that, and I think part of it is because the holidays are coming, and I'm getting all the emails. What do I do? What do I do? I don't like my in-laws. Don't go. Well, my husband, I don't care. Yeah, but that'll start a fight, only if you agree to fight with him don't go. You cannot fight with someone if they won't fight back. So don't fight. Just don't fight back. I know like people are looking at me like I'm crazy when I say that, but literally let your husband do whatever he does. Let your wife do whatever she does. Just don't fight back. Just say, I'm not going to fight with you. Well, that's not fun. Nope, but neither is fighting right? And so draw these boundaries, identify the toxic people. We're going to talk about identifying toxic people in an upcoming episode. I I think that's a great topic to spend some time on. And part of that is, uh, here's a really good test. Are they more negative than they are positive? And I don't mean fake positive. If you listen to the episode, you know that. But are they more negative than they are positive? If they are, then there's some level of toxicity there. That's how it works. And that middle episode dealt with that, you know, what what do I do if I'm the toxic person? How do I change that? And today we're really going to talk about a surefire way to change that. If you are, and even if you're not, uh, there are so many benefits to being grateful. We know that whether we're grateful or ungrateful, it literally changes our brain one way or the other. So it's kind of like, you know, people who engage in unhealthy physical behaviors tend to get unhealthy physical results. People who engage in ungratefulness, something I would call an unhealthy mental behavior, tend to get unhealthy mental and emotional results. I'm not saying that if you have emotional distress or if you have emotional struggles or mental illness that it's, it's because you're ungrateful. But there are probably some people that it is true of, that they are so ungrateful that it has, it has wired their brain, it has infected them in such a way That they have run into trouble. And so today, first of all, I want to talk about what I want you to do, what I want all of us to do, what I'd love for all of us to do. And that is to just take time at the end of each day to record three things that you're thankful for. I have an app on my phone that I journal in. I've been doing it for about two years. It's called Day One. Uh, I enjoy it. It is a subscription service and it can be pictures. You can do audio. You can just write Uh, But one of the things that I like is you can create templates. And one of the templates that I created was three things that I'm thankful for. So when I hit the button for a new post, it comes up. I write those three things in and then I kind of just journal my day. I don't do this every day, but my goal is to do it four out of seven days a week. And it's a helpful tool to help train my brain to be on the lookout for thankful or for things that I can be thankful for. And what this does for you is it changes what your brain does when you're not actively thinking about what your brain does. One of the ways that our brain runs is that there's like a silent mode that runs when we're not thinking about it. And if you want, you can read Adam Grant. uh, Daniel Siegel has written some on this. And and essentially what they explain, I don't claim to be a neuroscientist, but what they explain is that... uh, as your brain engages intentionally on gratefulness, it wires the part of your brain that runs unintentionally to look for things to be grateful for. Or if you intentionally engage in negative things on the regular, it wires your brain to look for negative things when it's on unintentional mode. That's a term I made up. Uh, you know, you, you read books about optimists versus pessimists, and, and when they do research, essentially they both experience the same number of positive and negative things. The difference is the pessimist finds a way to discount the good things and and play up the negative things, and the optimist finds a way to discount the negative things and upplay the positive things. If you hear a beeping sound. It's my teapot because I'm drinking some hot tea today. I go through phases. Anybody else like that? You drink coffee for a while, then you drink tea, then you drink coffee, then you drink tea. Uh, I'm kind of in a tea mood right now. That has nothing to do with what we're talking about except that I'm thankful that I can switch back and forth, that I have my basic needs met. And here's something that has happened we're almost at a place where if you say that, somebody's like, "Well, what about all the people that can't? That doesn't sound very fair to them. I agree. It does sound like they're in a very dangerous place, but me not being thankful that I can doesn't actually help them. In fact, one of the benefits of developing a grateful mindset is people with a grateful mindset wait for it. They tend to be more generous and generosity tends to do good things for our brain as well. So we're going to start with just taking time four days out of seven. If you do it every day, that's even better. Three days out of seven for many people will be three more days than they've done it in their entire life. We're going to start with that because we want to start to cause our brain to think about things in a certain way. We want to cause our brain to look for grateful opportunities. This doesn't mean that we lose all sight of realism, that we don't look at things and we troubleshoot it. We don't recognize when we have distress or problems. It doesn't mean that at all. It just means that we take a moment and we step back and we make sure that we're training our brain to be grateful. And one of the benefits of this is that it then allows our brain to develop more resilience. We can handle the negative things in our life the more difficult things, the things that come out of nowhere, the 2020s, if you will, better with a with a deeper level of resilience when we have fortified ourselves with gratefulness. Gratefulness doesn't change circumstances. It, it doesn't mean there is no magic formula where we're like, hey, if you're grateful and you train yourself to be grateful, you won't struggle with life. There's gonna be hard times. There's gonna be times. Where you're discouraged. There's going to be times where you're sad. There's going to be times where you are uh, let down by what's going on around you. There's going to be times that you struggle with life, and that's okay. You shouldn't ignore that. You certainly shouldn't pretend that it doesn't exist. And at the same time, when we have fortified ourselves with gratefulness, we are able to handle those things typically with a little bit more uh, fullness to ourselves, a little bit more of us. And, and, and because what happens is is part of being grateful is the brutal honesty that life has ups and downs. For the vast majority of us, there are good things and there are bad things in life. There are easy things and there are hard things. And gratefulness makes sure that we don't lose sight of those things. Some research suggests that people who are consistently engaged in a practice of gratefulness are more likely to recover from disease. Not always, but their chances seem to be better. Mindset affects life. People who uh, embrace gratefulness are more likely to succeed in their endeavors, perhaps longer, perhaps over time but these are these are research and and you no know, more likely is a scary scary two words. But I'm not saying if you're more grateful that suddenly life's going to be you know pumpkin pie and uh, vanilla ice cream. Hat tip to Thanksgiving dinner there. But there is an approach here that says life is going to happen to me. There's going to be good things and bad things, and I need to decide how I'm going to approach that. The second part of this is I want you to set a goal for once a week, to send a letter, an email, a text to somebody that you appreciate them, that you appreciate something that they're doing, that somehow there's something that they're doing that you appreciate. I want you to tell them that you're grateful for them. This benefits you and it benefits them. Almost everyone we meet is desperately insecure and in need of affirmation. Almost everyone. And what this does is it creates the opportunity for you to give them some of that affirmation. It gives their brain a happy chemical dose. It gives your brain a happy chemical dose and it helps build our resilience. If, if you just think I'm out in left field here, I want you to look up Kelly McConagal. I want you to look up her video, How to Make Stress Your Friend. Most people, when they when they watch it, they tend to get pretty upset at the beginning because she essentially says that stress is neither good nor bad for you. It's simply in how you approach it. That's mindset. Uh, Even the people where she's giving the speech, it's kind of funny because when she first says it, everyone laughs. And then as she continues and she continues to throw up research for them to see, they tend to, they stop laughing, right? So Kelly McConaughey, How to Make Stress Your Friend, it's a TED Talk. And then I want you to look up Sean Acor, uh, and I think it's The Secret to Happiness, also a TED Talk. He's got a book out. He has a whole research clinic. Kellen McGonigal has a whole research clinic. She's a Stanford professor. She's been, uh, she's she's talked to Google, the company, um, as far as like, hey, this is ways to help your, your employees uh, be happier at work, be more efficient, et cetera. And it all revolves around mindset and gratefulness. So two things I want you to do. I want you to start a thankfulness journal every day or four days out of seven. Here are three things that I'm thankful for. Bam, bam, bam. And then I want you to pick one person a week. That's four a month. You should be able to pull that off. If not, go to one every other week until you can get your mojo going. That you're going to reach out to, text, email, handwritten letter, phone call. Although, yeah, phone call. Although I would prefer something that they could like keep, right? But whatever. They'll keep the memory of the phone call. In person, again, not written, but oh well where you tell people what you're thankful for, where you, t- of them, not you, of them. It's about them. It's about telling them, Hey, I'm thankful for you for this. I appreciate that you did this and just, just do an experiment, run an experiment, do this for the next six months and see how the six months goes. Because I do think we're in for some hard times. If I'm really honest with you, I don't know. Cause I'm not sure what take I'm on in this. I don't know if I cut it out earlier, I, I don't know about you, but I'm tired of hearing about COVID. Yes, we still have to deal with it. In fact, we're dealing with it in our office, putting in protocols, uh, beefing up the protocols we had, uh, You know those types of things. I'm tired of hearing about the election. I'm tired of one side telling me all about why Donald Trump is prophesied about and Joe Biden's great. And I'm other tired of other people telling me how bad Donald Trump is and how great Joe Biden's going to be. If Joe Biden's so great, why why did it take this long? That's another day. Not long for the election. But I'm just tired of it. I'm tired of it. I'm tired. And yet I have so many things in my life to be thankful for. So many things in my life to be grateful for. I'm glad that we have Thanksgiving to take a break. And I know that there's people as well, we shouldn't celebrate Thanksgiving anymore. Look, don't send me that email because if I don't know you, I'm not going to respond to it at all. But I do know this. I have a lot to be thankful for. We have a lot to be thankful for. And I think some hard times are coming. Uh, I think that there's probably more shutdowns coming. There's more heartache for people coming. Uh, I'm watching businesses and the communities around me just shutting down. And I I do believe that we can be simultaneously concerned about the virus. We can be simultaneously concerned about elections. We can be simultaneously concerned about how do we mitigate the risk. Hospitals are being overwhelmed, that type of thing. And still want to live our lives and still lament businesses going out of business. Suicide uh, is up. Attempted suicides are up. Uh, Teenage mental anxiety and distress going through the roof adult distress going way high. And so we, we can simultaneously hold all of these things in, a, in our hands and still find ways to be thankful and grateful. That's what I believe inherently. That's, that's the importance of this, to, to find a way to admit that all of those things are true and still be grateful and still be thankful and still not just say, oh, I am grateful, I am thankful, but in, to embrace it as a way of life. To share it with other people. That's how we start to change the world. I believe that with all my heart. All right, I'm going to try to get this one done under 20 minutes. I'm not going to quite make it, but I want it to be short because it is going to drop during Thanksgiving week, and I want to make sure that everyone has time to spend it with their loved ones. I hope you have a great Thanksgiving wherever you're at. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please share with a friend. And hey, give us that rating in your podcast store. Until next time, change possible.